0: Welcome to NetFront Presents Playoff Edition. I'm Jeff Gordon. The post Stats joined by the Beat Riders, as always, Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman. So let's jump right to it, JT. Uh, never ideal to suffer uh, injuries on the blue line, period. But uh, all of a sudden, the Blues are facing a bit of a crisis here. And right as the playoffs get rolling. Not a great situation, Jim.
1: No, actually, strangely uh, uh, similar. To last year, of course, it was early in the playoffs when uh, Bortuzzo and Falk went down and there wasn't much of a playoff, just four games. But I think the difference this time around is that, you know, I, I don't think last year we felt like the, the Blues had any kind of chance at, in any way to, to do much in the playoffs. But this year we do. And they add Letty. You have almost in your top six, almost 4000 games, just regular season games. If you threw in the playoffs, there'd be like probably 500 more. Get had all this experience, and now you've got Mikola, Santini, and Rosen. And I, I, I'm I, fully expecting that third pairing to be uh, Rosen and uh, and Santini on uh, on Friday night. I mean, I, I, I don't want to be too dramatic, but it looked like, and may, maybe you guys saw more replays than I did, that, that puck was close to the temple of Bortuzzo. I mean, he's, he's lucky he wasn't hurt more. Uh, you know, Letty doesn't look close to playing Scandella. I saw him out here sk- skating, but Baruby said that it's more just to told us today, Craig Baruby, that it's more just to kind of keep him going. So, uh, you know, I again, I I I think uh, it's it's Rosen and Santini, and no, it's not uh, Springfield versus Wilkes-Barre Scranton. It's Game Three of a Stanley Cup playoff series.
2: Yeah, we may have to assess what this does to Springfield's AHL playoff chances as they uh, <laughs> as they lose that uh, that pairing. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, and you know, when the Blues at the trade deadline move things, well, not going to need Jake Wallman anymore because he's the he's the number eight defenseman now, and well, uh, they you know Jake Wallman would be a, a breath of fresh air, uh, as well as Rosen has played. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's a situation that the that the Blues are in. When you're going as deep as uh, Steven Santini, that's, uh, that, that's, a, that's a
0: position not to be in. Yeah, looking at, the, at game two, I mean, um, there were times when, uh, both by Guy Nico, uh, who uh, certainly adds welcome physicality and size, but, you know, there were moments where he was um, under duress and not, not faring well um, under the forecheck duress, and then uh, I thought Rosen got exposed a few times. And so, which is not surprising, but you're playing a really good forward-checking team uh, that's got size and uh, and tenacity, and, and and they were obviously focused in game two to to come and come strong. Um, there were some there, there were anxious times even before uh, the injury to Portuso occurred, and so I uh, I don't know where do you, it's gonna be hard to hide these guys given the way uh, Minnesota plays.
1: Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. And kind of the two moments that stand out is one, uh, I think it was on the fifth goal, the, the beautiful Kaprizov goal and passed by Zuccarello. I think it was that play. Uh, probably don't need to slide there, Nico. And uh, it was not the best time slide there, trying to break up that two on one. And then the Rosen play, although, you know, the uh, uh, primary culprit is Tarasenko with that turnover, but it looked like Rosen maybe even just started to go down the ice too quick. He, he had a chance uh, to clear that puck before uh, uh, Erickson uh, did that uh, 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 deke that uh, made Huso look uh, uh, pretty, pretty bad there. So uh, the, the only thing that might help is that the Blues will get the last change. And so to a degree, maybe he can keep, uh, if it is indeed Ro- Rosen and Santini, he can keep them away from, I guess, the caprice line, but, uh, you know, the second and third lines are pretty good for uh, uh, Minnesota at w- as well, so you're not going to be able to totally uh, shelter them. The other point I want to make quickly is, uh, you know, Scott Perunovich, when we're talking about depth, he would have been a guy that, uh, that, without the wrist surgery, would have still been kind of working his way in the system, and, and he's skating now. He was out there skating with, with Scandella. He's uh, when when he had the surgery March the fifteenth, they said it was a two month uh, uh, reevaluation time. So we're not quite to May fifteenth. And Baruby kind of teased us a day or two ago, where he said he might be closer than you think. But then last night and again today he said no, he's he's not ready, meaning you know not ready for this series. And and uh, you know Tom and I were talking about this earlier today. Even if he was ready, wouldn't you want him to? I don't think he's played for the Blues since January. Wouldn't you want him to maybe go and you know Springfield's about to start their playoffs? Go down there and play a couple of games for for them before you throw them into the uh, wash here.
2: I, I would expect that even if Scandella or Letty rises from you know the the hospital beds and uh, or their or the training table and plays. You're going to see a lot of minutes uh, of ice time for Falk and Krug and Pareko and probably Mikula at that point. I mean, there, there's, there's going to be some pretty high ice time numbers, uh, I would expect, unless the game is totally out of hand.
0: Just to touch on Santini a bit, I thought when the few times we saw him earlier since he came to the organization, uh, he seemed okay he seemed like a guy that you really didn't notice anything uh, untoward with seemed like he was able to fit himself in, but it's a long way from being able to be a guy that you don't notice any major problems with to, um, you know, withstanding a uh, heavy <laughs> incoming uh, for checking in a, in a really critical uh, scenario, which is what he'd be, what he's going to be faced. Now. I mean, he seemed fine. Uh, for, as a fill in during the uh, regular season back when he got a chance, but, but man, this is not the uh, this is not the time. And oh, by the way, if you win this series, you got uh, Colorado. We saw what happened with them in the game one for the Lanch. So yeah, hey, welcome. Hey, hey, glad to have you back in the NHL, there, Stephen.
1: Yeah, Stephen, that, that that number ninety seven. Try to keep an eye on him. He is a, a very no frills, uh, you know, defensive defenseman. He 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 le- he was leading the uh, Thunderbirds in uh, in in plus minus. I lots of penalty kill time, not afraid at all to step in front of shots, but, you know, maybe you might want to check with Robert Bartuzo on, uh, on that, but he's a, he's a, he's a safe player, which means he's usually in position, but you know, when you have uh, the ice capades coming at you caprice off and should the blues be uh, uh, fortunate enough to advance to Colorado, that's, that's a whole different animal.
2: First words from Craig Berube uh, about Santini. I believe it was the first word was normal, I believe, and then the next ones were were good leader. So um, uh, there, that's um, I'm not sure if that's exactly what the Blues need right now uh, from a defenseman coming in. But um, normal, I guess they would probably take because that's better than subnormal. But um, abnormal. I mean, and, and and you know, and let's face, I mean, it's. Steven Santini has spent the season in Springfield for a reason. And, um, you know, and so that's, you know, he's going to have, it's going to be a challenge for him because that's, you know, that's how these things work.
0: Yeah. Where's uh, Delzato when you need him? I, I think he got <laughs> let go by the senators. I think yeah. he's free, free for the taking. So, I'm, wow. you know, yeah.
1: I never thought I'd hear those words. God, I wish we had uh, Michael Deltz
2: <laughs> They got Witkowski down there, who they, uh, who they got in the uh, Letty trade. So, uh, because that is a, that is another, if you ask who's next. Uh, on Tyler Tucker's down there. You know, you know, Tucker who got a, you know, came up in this when they were in this crisis mode a year ago. Uh, and Witkowski has played
0: some NHL games. So uh, who knows? Yeah, that's the sound of the sc- uh, barrel being uh, scraped uh, by the, uh, the pro personnel <laughs> folks. Uh, well, you know, otherwise, you know, big picture, you would be satisfied with the 1-1 with the split in, in Minnesota. And certainly game one, they, they caught their share of puck luck. Uh, Minnesota hitting some, some drawing some iron with some shots. Uh, I thought Minnesota played pretty well uh, for much of the game and got into their game, but obviously the Blues Connected on their their power play and and it killed penalties and again caught some breaks and got the edge and kept it. In game two, JT to me just is one of those things that uh, hockey happens. You know, an exploding stick, uh, a couple of penalty calls that you know you'd say, uh, yeah, is this you really make that call in the playoffs? Uh, Minnesota converts and then really the game. a Couple things happen: the the fan on the pass by Tarasenko and the game the game gets away from you before. Before you know it, it just it just seems like that's hockey. Yeah,
1: interesting uh, to hear your thoughts there because Tom and I were talking about this and we were both kind of in agreement. I came away from that, that uh, game one, you know, the Blues win by four. And I'm like, man, Minnesota didn't play bad at all. They had a lot of good chances. And to be honest, I came away from uh, uh, last night's game. Okay, the Blues, you know, the Blues really didn't play bad. Okay, there was the, the bad Tereschenko turnover, but and but, you know, the, the the exploding stick as you uh so colorfully called it i mean that kind of turned the game really got the crowd in and uh the chief did not like the high stick call at all and and he wasn't shy about that, telling us about that today he thought the slash would deserve but he thought he couldn't believe the uh the, the high stick call and uh yeah like you say uh some nights the the hockey gods smile upon you and some nights they don't
2: yeah, uh, it's you know you, you replay that game. You, you know, Bertuzzo makes that pass and it goes up ice, and life you know the Wild didn't have a shot on goal up to that point. And you know what what happened? The Blues have been putting on pressure. What happens from there? But that's the way it uh, the way it works. But uh, you know, and series are decided on plays like that sometimes. But that was a case where, you know, if you if you could subtract two two seconds of action, Bertuzzo's stick and Tarasenko's pass to Rosen, and remove those um you know it's a wholly different game but you can't they happened and the blues lost and they gotta uh they gotta deal with that so we'll we'll see By the way, i was just thinking of something you know all year long the blues have had to go many times the blues had to go 11 and 7 maybe maybe they can go 13 and 5 you know only use you know suit up uh, you know suit up dakota joshua or something and only go with 5d do they have
1: a forward who could maybe play a little defense i i, I don't, I don't know. know
0: well though it's like hey uh somebody like tyler bozak you know you've been in the league a long time if we just put you back there because you just pretend to be tory krug you know just mm. mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. but uh uh no it's no I, what i'm trying to look for for positives like you said there there were good stretches for the blues in this uh against minnesota in uh, in game two and i thought it's unfortunate we keep coming back to that one misplay in front of the net by, by 91, but you know, it was just such the timing and such was, was terrible. And they just didn't get away with it. It happened. And Minnesota took advantage, but having said that he came out, he, he had a scoring chance right away in that game. And there were stretches where, um, you know, plenty of good touches in the power play. And, and, and I thought he and Thomas were, were fairly busy. And, you know, I i I've, I'm guessing he's energized by, um, playing and competing in a sense against a krill to thrill i liked a lot of what he did except for that one play yeah and and that was one thing and and again it
1: sounds a little strange coming off a four four goal uh uh loss but uh i thought the thomas line really perked up i mean they had gone three games with only one assist if you go back to the last two games of the regular season Teresenko did not have an attempt I don't mean a shot on goal, just an attempt. A shot that missed or was blocked in Game One. So it was good to see them going. And again, uh, the chief can manipulate to get you know maybe some favorable matchups to keep them away from uh, Greenway and uh, and uh, and company. So that that was kind of an encouraging thing to see.
2: Yeah, that's probably going to be the biggest thing about home ice advantage, or, you know, that the Blues have. And it's not about sleeping in your own beds. It's not about having the fans. It's going to be you know that they can the ruby will control the line changes now and he'll be able to get those guys out in a situation away from uh that grief line and that that can only help um you know if they get in that situation
1: those guys are monsters i mean i, I think they could play linebacker
0: and i mean those are those are big hockey players yeah and i guess if i well if you want to take a moment to uh, give a shout out to the wild i think the uh Ericssonek has got to be the uh, on the list of most improved players. You know, he came in with with expectations that that uh, that there was an offensive side to his game, and that uh, this year that's that's come. And he's just a big guy uh, who plays a really good game, which they knew they knew positionally, and he was a strong player, played a strong positional game. Now he's added some offense to that, and they, yeah, they really found something. They they've gotten peak performances from multiple guys this year. But man, I tell you what, Joel erickson Ek has to be right up there. I mean, I'm on, I'm thinking we watch guys like Bo Horvat when, when Vancouver plays well, um, Sean uh, Couturier when Philly was playing well, uh, certain guys that really get your attention for their all around play. And boy, Eriksson Ek, yeah, full, full marks to him. Uh, you're when you're having to hide from a guy, and I think the Blues were going to try to try to get away from him. Uh, that, that's mm-hmm. high praise.
1: Yeah. 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 He he was, he was extremely impressive in some ways as impressive or even more impressive as uh, Kaprizov was last night.
2: It's one of those things that's going to decide this series is, I mean, if the blues can get the Thomas line going and they produce, that's, that's going to be a big difference in this, in this series. The blues need some line to be really cranking out goals (laughs) at even strength.
0: In terms of the physicality, uh, JT uh, certainly Braden Shen has uh, come to deliver that. I mean, he probably should have been whistled, or definitely should have been whistled for interference on um, his um, bowling for uh, wild hit on uh, Fiala. There, that was. uh, But I mean, they need that from him, and the chief is trying to put him in a position to 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 get that, so they can. And I thought overall they matched the physicality of. Of, of the wild. And, and I give Braden Shedden a lot of credit for that.
1: Yeah. And, uh, he got, uh, besides Doomba, he got, uh, who'd he get, uh, it was a Fiala. I think he got Fiala. I, I kept waiting for him to, uh, to, uh, knock uh, Spurgeon in the next Tuesday <laughs> because of his remark, it seemed kind of innocent. And then when you listen to it, like, uh, we'll, we'll see Spurgeon again on, uh, uh, t- uh I guess he said tomorrow it was the day before. So I thought, what does Shen have in store now? You don't want to. You don't want to necessarily get in a fight and have to to have to sit in the box. But it's good to see Shen. It's a shame that Bortuzzo now probably. Uh, uh, who knows how much he's he's going to miss. You miss that. Mikola adds that 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 physicality. So yeah, are is Minnesota probably a heavier team, a more physical team than the Blues? Yeah, but the, the Blues aren't going to back down, and it's it's not going to it's not going to take them off their game. I mean, it's a shame that that hit, I think it was Matt Boldy, it looked like that was the hit that knocked Nick Letty out. Probably should have been called for something. But, uh, no, the, the Blues aren't going to back down. Yeah,
2: I, I think, I think uh, people in Minnesota uh, have, a, have a bad impression of Braden Shen as a, uh, as a, as a goon or a thug who's going to come after uh, Spurgeon, which he might well do. Uh, and he did lead the lead the Blues in fights this season with three. But other, you know, other than that, he did not have a whole lot of penalty minutes uh, this year for for a guy that plays the way he did. I think he might have had nine minor penalties uh, in the whole season. Not a Lady Bing candidate, but um, uh, he uh, he certainly picks his spots uh, when it comes to being uh, being a physical player.
0: Going back to uh, to game one, um, it was uh, of course to, power play was a story, but. Uh, and and again, a guy that was engaged in game two as well, just without getting the results. But uh, you know, David Perron, J.T. sort of he he lives for this sort of competition, and 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 again, in a series that's going to be edgy going forward. That's There's going to be some scrums. There, there are going to be some some stuff along the wall. There's going to be some chit chat. Some you know so so on and so forth. Um, it just seems like David Prawn and sent a signal in game one and with his scoring. But just in general, uh, this is a guy that's. Uh, that, that really relishes this, this type of a uh, scenario. Yeah. And, and, and we all know uh, the feisty
1: David Perron is the best David Perron. And one of my joys of still the relatively new covering a hockey is you look down away from the puck and there's Perron just doing something with somebody all tangled up. And uh, that's what Perron does. I mean, he's, he's like uh, a Brad Marchand without the licking you know and uh it's really it's really good to see but also you know the thing that amazes me about perron is just his uh puck control how hard it is to get the puck away from him and it's it's been even more pronounced uh in in the playoffs and, and late in the season he just he does not want to give up the puck the,
2: the blues had probably you know a year ago but chance of beating Colorado in the first round. And then I think when Perron went out, their chances went to like 0%. You know, there was no way a year ago they were going to advance in the playoffs without Perron. Uh, The chances weren't great to begin with, but they vanished. This year, I mean, he's going to be one of those guys. um, You know, Shen is another that if those guys do well, that's going to be the key uh, to this team advancing.
0: No guy who's not feisty uh, per se, but uh, is also could also be important This guy we've we've talked about before, going into this the postseason in particular. Could he could he adapt and could he could he flourish in this environment, Jordan Cairo, um, because he had some stretches here uh, later in the season where he wasn't as effective and certainly made some plays that were not the sort of plays you can make in, in the postseason. So JT, what? the chief moving things around up front uh, seemed to get, he got, got some offensive result from Jordan. What, what's your impression of um, his, uh, his um, adaptation to uh, to this type of a game uh, that you have to play in the postseason.
1: First off, Jeff, what did you think of that pass to Ryan Hartman in, uh, in game one? Apparently Hartman, whatever hockey players yell when they want the puck, apparently. He yeah. Well, at him. Boom.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a, <laughs> you gotta, rec- gotta have voice recognition software, I guess. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, no, I thought, I thought he, he's, he, he's, he's getting better. Uh, it's all about moving his, uh, move, moving his feet, one of the Chiefs' favorite expressions, but, but skating. Uh, but Ruby mentioned he, he would like him. He, he got that goal last night in front of the net, but he'd like him to go to the net more, and he, he wants him to be in the middle of the ice more. But uh, uh, yeah, that looked more like the 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 Kyru that uh, Blues fans know and love, the the, the good Jordan Kyru.
2: <laughs> he went from three shot attempts in Game One to eight shot attempts in Game Two. So, uh, if there's a message, certainly there about uh, about shooting more and uh, having just having more chances. And his ice time went up too by about two minutes so uh, more ice
0: time and more and he did more with the time that he got out there well the, so one positive you know for stretches of the game the team was able to you know because Krug's playing at a pretty good level fox has been playing at a pretty good level and they've been when their top guys are out there they, they've been able to transition um, at times against uh, Minnesota and at times being able to, to attack with some speed and some control so it hasn't been like where they'd been completely bottled up or exasperated and for stretches. Yeah. But there are times where you can see this team getting into their game. And again, that yeah. speaks to, you know, Cairo getting chances, uh, scoring chances. Well, they,
1: they kept pushing. I mean, they, they came out hard and and they kept pushing even when it was four to nothing. I, I think they know that they can, they can score against this team. I think they have a pretty, pretty good degree of confidence against the, uh, Flurry. I mean, they, they, they've, they've had success against him. And uh, I, I, I think they're far from, uh, you know, far from uh, discouraged. So uh, I I think that's why coming out of the game, if you're a a blues fan, I don't think you should be, you should be
2: discouraged. No, um, you know, they, they needed when they, when they got it, when they got within two, I mean, they needed a break to go their way. And they didn't get it. You know, they, they, they didn't get a power play for a delayed game. They didn't get a Tarasenko shot, you know, it was off the post rather than in. Um, so they needed, uh, you know, they didn't, they, they needed a break. They didn't get a break. And, and let me just say right now, because we see it every time the puck goes over the glass, the referees and linesmen get together and talk and then come to a decision. Why couldn't they spend that time looking at a replay it would take no more additional time and say, Yeah, the puck went over. It would it would save time. I mean, I don't advocate more replays, but this would be a case where somebody in Toronto could just be looking at it and say, Yeah, it's that that's still a game. And it, it would take, you know, 10 seconds and they would and they would get it right 95% of the time rather than I don't know what the current success rate is. This is, is this really million.
1: is bugging Tom, uh, Jeff. He he actually but Ruby was leaving. He'd left the podium, was walking out of the room, and Tom kind of accosted him to, act, to, to <laughs> state his case here. And what what did Chief's reply said? He said something you like, know, "Tom, that's uh, that's something for the summer." To discuss yeah, I'll bring
2: things. it up at the coaches' meetings over the uh, over the summer. It's, uh, obviously, nothing can be done about it now, but but Tom but, is Tom is agitated by this.
0: Well, and it's a good point because I, where I get agitated is the uh, you know we. We use NASA-inspired technology to figure out if somebody was a millimeter offside uh, on a zone entry that occurred 45 seconds uh, before uh, a goal was scored, and you know, because God forbid you got to get it right. And understandable, understandable on a, on a goal score, I suppose. But at some point, there's a time limit. That's my that's my thing. I think if you don't score on that initial rush, I don't care what happens after that. But obviously the rules in place that bugs me. So we go to these great extremes. We're taking goals off the board uh, on plays that had on situations that happened long before the goal was scored. After a team has had multiple attempts, chances to clear a puck and failed. But because the initial zone entry, some time ago, earlier this evening, there was a zone <laughs> entry that was a millimeter offside that we can detect by with our NASA-inspired technology. We're going to bring everything to a screeching halt and take that off the board. So to the, in a world where that happens, I think I can agree with Tom. So <laughs> Jeff, what, what I
1: mean. why, why are all these penalties being called?
0: I, I no whistles are being swallowed. Well, and again, you go into this, I mean, I, I, I keep telling people, well, they're going to call fewer penalties as the playoffs go on. And, you know, we're eager for that time to come. I think both sides would be, because I don't think Minnesota was thrilled in the, some of the calls in the, in the first game either, but you know, like a guy, you know, give, give, Give Kirill the thrill uh, credit for selling a, a high stick that was as, as poorly sold as the old Baron Von Rosky punch take back in the uh, pre-WWE days where he just threw his head up like, okay, even uh, that's a kind of a move that a, a jobber, a wrestler that's terrible that's getting 20 bucks to do a TV taping uh, throws that type of a fake and he sold it. And that sold the, the official who was like, you know, 60 feet. Away. How, about, how about
1: the Ryan Hartman on the, uh, in game one on Perron along the boards? I think Hartman could, he could do summer stock, you know, maybe some Shakespeare, you know, all to, all the way to the point where he's got to go back to the tunnel. He was in the tunnel for about three seconds and then he turned around and came back. It was almost like a, you know, a soccer where flop where, Oh my God, they're going to have to amputate his leg and, Thirty seconds later, he's he's coming back into the
2: game. It's that time uh, of year. You have to use, yeah. you have to empty the you got to empty the tool bag. You got to use every skill you have uh,
0: to uh, to get through. And another thing, if you're holding your stick loosely with one arm away from your body, in a in a non hockey position, and somebody knocks it out of your stick your your hand, then that's. No, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that that's another the whole. Slashing the stick out of your hand thing is about, is about as dumb as it gets, and uh, and even slashing the stick so it breaks because these sticks break, you know, when you look at them. So that's another thing. I mean, not that we just want to turn everybody into a meat cleaver out there, because it's the whole idea of slashing penalties is to try to keep people's hands attached to their arm, okay? Because in the old days, that was there was a real risk that people were going to lose their hand out there. I kind the of thought the going. same thing, maybe not as colorful as you, Jeff, but Baruby. But he didn't seem to have a problem with that slash on that. Uh, it's just a part of the game. Everybody knows the rule. It's stupid, though, right? Tom, you're with me with the, on that, right? I mean, come on. There's a limit to how much of that I can stomach, especially when the guy's got one hand on the stick and he's reaching back. He's over here like he's, his, his dog is veered off to sniff uh, somebody else's pee on the hydrant. and he, That's your position you've struck with this puck. And then, a, yeah, you should not supposed to knock the stick out of his hand, but still, come
2: on. The Wilder good at it. I, I think it's just a tough call for the, for the refs to uh-huh. make. And, and so it's, it's, it's almost like the puck goes over the glass. That's the a game. You knock the stick out of the guy's hand. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a slash. It's just,
0: it's an accepted way, way the game works. Yeah, I get All right. So enough, enough of the, the, the pet peeve, uh, you know, JT to go back to the, uh, to your point about Marc-Andre Fleury, he is not quiet in goal. I guess this is why to speak to the, uh, the, the Blues being uh, confident against him. He is scrambly. Uh, he is, he's Jordan Bennington like scrambly out there. Probably stays upright better than Jordan, but man, he is all over the place. And while that is, he's a competitor, he's a Hall of Famer and all that. I got to think that's going to catch up to him. I mean, I, I admire his athleticism and he's certainly different that way than Cam uh, Talbot, but there are times like, oh my God, dude. You know, leave yourself so wide open. In this case, game two, they didn't take advantage.
1: Yeah, and he he did leave some rebounds. And uh, Baruby said he, he the Blues got a you know they didn't have a lot of second and third chances you know so they got to get to the uh, got to get to the uh, uh, the net more. And I, let's face, he's a Hall of Famer. He's had a tremendous career. He's he's not the same goalie he was when when he took Vegas to the to the uh, uh, Cup final in uh, what seventeen
2: eighteen. You know it's uh, we've been something we've been saying all year the you know who's got to get to the net front and it's been a challenge for them all year and it continues you know it will probably always be a challenge um however long this season lasts all right last
0: thing on the net front before let everybody get back to work the uh uh, any concern about billy huso i mean he was a victim of circumstances to a degree uh but it's always a bad thing to see a guy get lit up Early in his postseason career, it was great to, to bank a shutout to start his postseason career with some help from the post and the crossbar. But now he gets lit up; he's got to respond to that. Uh, JT, any any sense of concern with Huso, or at this by now is it uh, he's not a kid anymore?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, it sounds weird because I know that the Blues weren't like totally engaged in the, the Vegas game, but I, I was more concerned there because I, I I thought I saw two or three soft goals. I, I I don't know. I looking at this game, I didn't really see soft goals mentally, though. I, I think he's he's uh, he, he he's strong enough uh, uh, to get by. But but again, you know, he could have Rosen Santini and Mikola uh, in his, his top six. So, he, I, you know, keep that head on the sw- swivel, Billy Bucks could be coming at you from all angles.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, it's a good thing that game two was game two and not game one if that had been opening night uh, and Minnesota scores six against uh huso in game one then you have to wonder about the guy's confidence but you know he started with the shutout and that I think puts him on a good track going forward um and uh, we'll see where it goes from there but it's it's huso's you know series it's huso's postseason you know if, if we see Jordan Bennington in a game. It means something has gone, I think, disastrously wrong uh, for the Blues.
0: Uh, just one of the many things we would not have thought uh, uh, would have uh, been uttered on in the NetFront presence at this time of year, but uh, such the season it has been. Well, JT, for Tom, we appreciate your time. As always, folks, uh, you can catch the NetFront podcast on our website uh, in various places, and uh, you can catch, of course, with all your favorite podcast apps see all of our videos. We've got tons of videos. We've got tons of uh, of stuff on stltoday.com. We've never had more stuff on stltoday.com. That is for sure. So please uh, do subscribe if you don't already so you can take advantage of all the good stuff. For Jim, for Tom, I'm Jeff. Until next time, see ya!